Hello and welcome to the Winging It podcast, episode 18, Travelling with Scott Howison, part 2. Yep, this was left out of the last one, so we talk a little bit about our trip to Nepal. And we cover um, probably about 25 minutes of um, good travel content for you to get stuck into. I hope you enjoy. Stay safe. Okay, Nepal. So in 20... Oh God, 18? Yeah. Um, Emma and I were have has left like New Zealand. We're traveling for about four months. And part of that trip, well, most of that trip was in Asia, um, Japan, Southeast Asia, etc. But we decided to meet Scott for three to four weeks in Nepal and with our friend Alison, who was with you or meeting us at the time, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I was in Nepal for a few weeks before. Um and yeah, just basically did a did a little bit. Um actually I mean, I could bring up the, so one of the, my highlights in Nepal was uh, Langtang Valley, which um, mm-hmm. is up near Tibet. So it's on the road from Kathmandu to Tibet and had a pretty uh, interesting bus ride experience. <laughs> oh yeah, we've got to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> so you nearly died. Yeah, it was one of, so the thing is when you're traveling in the Himalayas, I mean, this could apply to a few other parts of the world too, is these roads are, you know, hair raising and terrible, terrible. you know, they're not, they wouldn't pass any sort of health and safety tests. <laughs> um, neither would the buses for that matter. But, yeah. you know, you, like you can see, you can look over the edge and you can see wreckages, you know, down in the crevice. Mm-hmm. And you just always think, well, hopefully that won't be me. Um, but I mean, it wasn't that bad. So uh, what happened is I took this journey and it's to give people an idea of how bad the roads can be. It's 120 kilometers, probably about 70 miles, 75 mm-hmm. miles from Kathmandu. Um, oh, what's the name of the place? Was... Um, just a sec. I did. Uh, Sierra Prubesi. Okay. Uh, Sierra Prubesi. <laughs> Mouthful. But that's the place where you start the Langtang Valley trek from. And we were, it took 24 hours to get <laughs> for that distance. Uh, and now there wasn't any long stops except for probably about an hour when literally about 30 minutes before we get there um this is just sheer drops off the off the edge and we were going around the corner turning right and all of a sudden i mean we didn't really feel much but there were the what actually happened is the front left wheel basically snapped like the axis snapped the wheel sort of caved in and we just kind of went sliding off the road we were only going uh, in 20, 25 kilometers an hour. Yeah. So we didn't have, you know, huge momentum. But the bus was hanging over the edge <laughs> and, like, leaning down. And everybody's natural reaction um, was just... So this bus is a you know, typical old Indian Nepali-style bus. And mm-hmm. one door at the front left. Yeah. So what does 
everyone do? They, they, I mean, I was still sat in the chair with like a few of these, there was four other tourists on the bus that were heading up to do this trek. And we were all just sat there like, what are these guys doing? They all just got up and ran to the front door. It's like, we're leaning over the edge and you're gonna put all the weight. Well, it's, like Itali- it's like the Italian job. <laughs> oh, it was- uh... You can't get to the front of the bus. <laughs> No, no. And like, but you know, I guess people don't think clearly in those. Uh, yeah, of course. And the thing is, like, they're all piled up there because they realized they couldn't step out. There was like a 30 foot drop into like shrubs. Mm-hmm. Probably, yeah, at least about 10 meters. And so we had to climb out the windows at the side. And luckily, like, you know, it turns out the bus was actually kind of wedged there. Uh, okay. We didn't know that. But yeah, of course. We're on the bus, see that. And so we were like, oh, we don't want to move too quickly to the front or anything or like push it any further over the edge. And mm-hmm. I mean, it was a, it was a raising experience, but <laughs> typical Nepali style. After we get out and on the road, everyone's okay. There's a few bumps and bruises, but nothing, yeah. nothing major. Um, basically, we're thinking like, well, what do we do now? Yeah, yeah. The bus is done. And uh, oh no, they like 20 minutes later, this sort of big digger comes down the road, obviously from some local community. And uh, they just sort of tie a rope and kind of hook it up to that. And it just pulls the bus back up onto the road. And there's about five guys, like all crowding around, trying to sort out this wheel and didn't even see the fine details of how they fixed it, but basically (laughs) and then they're just like, oh, it's okay, we can get back on now. And half of the people, like all the local people had left and hopped on other people's like motorbikes and Uh, other people passing by. And we just stood stood there like, well, what do we do? Like, um, What choice? It's been the longest day ever. Like you hardly sleep on these buses. Yeah, of course, yeah. You know, it's like we're we're right there. It's like five kilometers further, so we could walk. Mm-hmm. We've got our bags and stuff, and it's just like not really that uh, keen to do that. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. And anyway, we just got back on the bus and continued. Luckily, it, it stayed in one piece, but they they just got it in the mechanics when we got there. <laughs> I and uh, yeah, I that's went scary. So there was a, out out of the other tourists on this uh, bus, there was an Israeli couple. And I mean, so, I mean, thankfully they were okay, but on this trek on the first day, they got caught in a landslide. For them, I mean, it was especially the the girl um, and they actually had a little, uh, had a guide with them. And the guide pretty much saved her life from, from what, what we heard wow but we didn't find out until they arrived at the the village where we basically slept for the first night Mm -hmm. one kind of takes their own time to get there so you do end up separating a bit and we weren't doing it as part of a group but you tend to hang around with the people that you you meet along these treks Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah it was really uh really unfortunate like we almost died in a bus and then she almost got in a landslide and it's just well that's uh how's your luck but um 
Well, this is another, another story to tell, a survived tale. Yeah, that's it. And But this Langtown Valley was unfortunately really destroyed in the 2017 earthquake. Oh, in yeah. the past. And so yeah. it is the main access to Tibet, that road, but it got completely destroyed. And that's mm-hmm. the reason that the journey took that long is they're all kind of new sort of roads and very... Uh, it's not a sealed road, it's, yeah. You know, travel, yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the the people really suffered from that earthquake because it kind of cut them off from. So people, the tourists, continue to go to Annapurna and Everest, yeah. Langtang Valley, because of the access, made it pretty difficult. And so these communities that relied a lot on the tourists. Um, and actually, Langtang itself, which is a village in the valley, is completely rebuilt like another kilometer further up because it got completely oh, uh, wow. buried in the landslide. So That's they crazy. lost people. Um, it's kind of the, uh, you know, it's unfortunate what happens in these countries because when there was a lot of aid sent out to Nepal during this earthquake, yeah. but Unfortunately, a lot of the local people have still yet to receive anything from their government. So yeah, somewhere finds like a lot of this money is either, you know, getting put into other things or there's a bit of corruption or whatever. Yeah. But we were hearing this just from the local people and um that was just saying, yeah, we've not they've not given us any money or compensation. We've basically had to do all this ourselves. And uh yeah, it's really sad when that happens. And I so, thought, yeah, that kind of recalls me to, I don't know if it's on a TV show or a local, I can't remember which one it was, but talk about the roads. The roads in Nepal are some of the worst in the world that I've experienced, uh, probably along with Laos. But um, <clears throat> I think someone said that you know, if the government done things correctly, it'd be like Switzerland, because you know Switzerland has a road to go around mountains. But there's a just, like you say, 100 kilometres takes hours and hours. It's just... It's quite frustrating, but it's just part of the experience in Nepal, right? When you get to one place to another. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, let's move on to, so after that little trek, which I did for about a week, I was back in Kathmandu and then yeah. up with Jensen and Emma yeah. and Alan. And where do we head next after a few days? We're headed to Bukhara. Do you want to mention anything about Kathmandu? Uh, Kathmandu is just a dust bowl. It's a great... A uh, little area where we stayed um, in Kathmandu. Um, it's a very backpackery type place, but yeah, um, it's a city, isn't it? Um, and not really much to say about Kathmandu. I quite liked it. Um, some cool places to yeah. See I mean, and drink. it's yeah. I think if you go in with low expectations, because uh, I mean, really, the highlights of Nepal is is the mountains. Yes, right? of course. Well. Yeah, see like those views and and do the trekking and all that kind of stuff so yeah Kathmandu is a is a vital um stopover because you probably you know you're going to have to fly into there of course yeah <laughs> and then um, as soon as soon as we arrived the, the first thing was the Annapurna trek in Pokhara like we're discussing over some you took you met you took us to like a, a quality restaurant I can't remember what it's called and we had some great food there um but yeah me you Alison and Emma discussed the Annapurna Poon Hill trek, um, but what to do in Pokhara and that trek, how long to go for, right? That's our 
first initial discussions. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I think that's sort of yeah. We we headed to Pokhara. Yeah, which is a cool and, place. Uh, it is. Yeah, it's. I mean, it it's the better out of Pokhara and Kathmandu. Like mm -hmm. um, a bit nicer there. You've got like uh, a really big lake, and there's a few little small. It's like villages that are just sort of around it. We did go yes. up and stay up, um, where all the uh, para paragliders. Yes, yeah, of. yeah. Um, it's it's normally a hub, though, isn't it? It's probably the hub for any sort of trekking. Um, a lot of like hikers stay there before they go off to do their treks, like us, really. But we, yeah, yeah, we decided to do the Poon Hill trek, which is a four or five day four or five day hike on the Annapurna circuit. Um, yeah, and yeah, the Annapurna is like, it's a really long circuit that goes sort of around the Annapurna range. <laughs> and people, like you can do it in probably 20 days, but mm -hmm. people do take, if you're going to do the full thing, they usually take, you know, 30 days or you can take longer because there's all these little side treks you can do. Uh, yeah. And also, What's nice about it is you can, there's so many villages along the way that you can sort of walk as much as you want. Yes. If you just want to do four hours today and then stop and then have a day off, you can do that. You're not on a schedule as mm -hmm. much. That's a dream now. Yeah. And um, yeah, the Poon Hill was just a, a little section of the Annapurna circuit, which, um, yeah, we all did. And I think it's actually, it's definitely in my top three hikes I've done. Um, I just loved the, it was tough. Like I'm not, I'm not a great hiker. Like I do struggle, but um, the view at the top, when you get to Poon Hill and you see the Annapurna and all the mountains around and in that clear, you know, the view was great. It was, it was almost perfect. That view made it all worth it for the, the three days or four days we climbed to get to that point. Um, but the, yeah, the silence in the mountains, the, the little villages that you can't get to by road, you have to, get, you have to walk or trek there. Um, just an awesome experience, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it really is. Like the, we were really lucky there again with the, the views and um, yeah, just panoramic. Can't beat it. Um, the silence, I can get over the silence. There's <laughs> no noise, just nature. And then... Um, the, the food as well. Yeah, the, the, share. the dal bat. To, to India, but yeah, we definitely have to mention the, the dal bat. <laughs> so yeah, it's probably one of my favorite dishes I've ever had, but dal bat is just a all you can eat style almost like a tali isn't it but um they they give you and, the, uh, your, your rice that the dishes are like vegetarian and different types of curries and stuff yeah and do, do you remember that stat about the um how much it's consumed <laughs> no i can't remember the stat it's pretty impressive though isn't it it was it's over 80 percent of all Nepali people eat dal bat twice a day. <laughs> I mean, I can eat it twice a day. 
without fail. Yeah, I mean, it, it's one of these meals. It seems like it has everything you need in a meal. Yeah, it's just, it's just definitely up there in the top five in terms of actual <laughs> meals itself. And, and the and great it, thing is, it's cheap too. <laughs> it's cheap. It's as much as you want. Uh, it's just so good. Um, and we kind of felt, well, I definitely fell into the trap of like maybe going to a restaurant or we got to our like hostel or hotel on the treks. I was like, oh, what do we have today? I'm like, oh, it's got to be Del Bat. I just don't want anything else. It's that good. Yeah, yeah it becomes addictive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's um, something with, with, with India too in the food is like kind of like you're, like when, when you say where you are right now, you, you're not going to have curry like every day or mm. that kind of spice combination every day. Um, but there you kind of, if you go and have like a Western meal every now and then, you yeah. think, oh, just I'm just going to have a curry tomorrow or something. <laughs> like it almost becomes addictive. And uh, yeah, you just can't. You can't beat it when when you're there. <laughs> can't resist. And on on this trek, I guess every night we had, yeah, I guess Dalbat. We had the odd, um, I guess Momos as well. But um, yeah, it just seems to be Dalbat all the time. That fueled the uh, next day's activities in terms of walking up various mountains. But um, that Poon Hill trek, the the last morning, like before we got to the summit, was, it was about a forty five minute walk in the dark, wasn't it? I was like, I was hanging. My legs were <laughs> that gone. was the most challenging part, I think. Even like, yeah, I mean, for me, it was. I mean, that that was a challenging trek. Even that first day, the amount of steps. Yes, the steps, the nonstop um, steps. I know it wasn't quite. I mean, I didn't do the Inca Trail, but you, you have, and you know, I seem to remember you even saying that was almost like the Inca Trail. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, it's such a relief. Like the thing is as well, as you're going up and you see that guest house and then you're like, oh, are we finally here? And it's like, no, no, that's not no. our one. Yeah. It's, it's like, <laughs> so oh, <right>. come on. <laughs> and then you see the next one, it's like, no. And then, and he's like, but don't worry, you're going to have to walk this anyway. Like you're better doing it now than tomorrow. Uh, okay, you better like, you better be right about this. <laughs> yeah, because I just need a Coke, I need to stop. <laughs> oh, God, but it was... Yeah, I like I said, when you get to the top, and then the panoramic views were just sensational. It's up there. Yeah. Um, and I, I would highly recommend that Poon Hill trek. If you don't want to do 20 days, you can do four or five days. That's definitely worth worth doing. Um yeah, it's and, a good uh, little taster. Like uh, I mean, you, you kind of have to if you're gonna go in the I mean, you don't have to, but you know, it's highly recommended to do a, a trek in Nepal. Mm -hmm. even if you're not a big trekker even just do a couple of day hikes where you yeah. can just to a nice viewpoint um because that's really what it's all about there like you're you're on the roof of the world and yeah basically the higher you can get up better view you're going to have um and so, then the trek down wasn't too bad right back down to um, yeah, we actually took a slight diversion from like what was the original plan, which I don't remember what the original plan was. But no. It was quite nice to walk down, and we stayed in that place. I forget the name of it, a little village, but it was really yes. nice. The only people there, so it was nice and peaceful, and we just played lots of games of cards. Yeah. <laughs> the amount of games of, uh, of shithead that we've played. 
I think it is Shithead and... Um, oh, what, Flux. Flux, that was the main main two, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, Flux, yeah. Flux got every, abused those cards. Every opportunity, Flux. Do you remember that time when Alison just couldn't, just couldn't win? So towards the end of uh, the pool trip, <laughs> just quickly, I'll, I'll get back to Bukhara because I want to talk about the Momos, but... Alison just could not win a game and she was getting genuinely annoyed. <laughs> and you could see it in her face. And I think this is one time. I think Emma might have gone at this point. I think she's gone to Cambodia, but uh, as us three playing this game and she was like concentrating, face game was on, you know, game day. And it was like getting a bit annoying for her. And she eventually won, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping, uh, hoping she'll she'll come up for a visit at some point. Um... Yeah, she's based in Scotland, right, Alison? So. Yeah, she's still she's quite sort of far from from where I am, but mm. yeah, I've not I've not uh, seen her in a little while. I did have seen her since I've been back, um, but yeah, with um, you know obviously the current situation, not many yes. people are visiting. So, but she was a great laugh. Like obviously, that's the first time I, I think I fleetingly met her in Australia, right? In somewhere southwest or perth well she she was at the cbh job and that's where yes. i uh, um and yeah we yeah we just you know continued to stay in touch and yeah um we've met up sort of most times i've been back home um because for me as well when i went started going back home on my travels like visits my parents had moved up to scotland so that's kind of became my new home mm-hmm. even though I grew up in England but yeah generally prefer the lifestyle up here yeah yeah so, so yeah you should try and see Alison soon if uh once you can that'd be good to catch up like we, we would love to catch up with like no, no next year we'll come and visit you in Scotland we'll catch up with Alison as well I think that'd be great to recall some of those oh, yeah. experiences in the pool um another <laughs> yeah, thing definitely. that we did was the momo course so we love momos so in pakara we finished a trek we come back um we sort of chilled out for a few days and we done a momo course um yeah cooking class which yeah. is well yeah cooking class, it's a really yeah. good thing to just do in these countries like if you love the food it doesn't matter which country you're in uh if you like to cook then yeah may, may as well learn from a local absolutely yeah how they do it that was so much food though, wasn't it? We cooked loads. Like a ridiculous yeah. amount. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that kind of like sums up the pool a little bit. So to finish off today's podcast, I'm going to do another travel quote for you to get stuck into. This one is from Miriam Beard. And she says, travel is more than seeing of sights. It is a change that goes on deep and permanent in the ideas of living great little quote that um also proves the point that a lot of people do go away to do tip box stuff i've probably been guilty of that myself but actually when you analyze why you go traveling and what you go to experience you kind of realize that you're looking for something more than that and once you do it for a period of time and a number of times you start to think back to the great memories that you had in one place or that one person you met in particular so love that quote i think it's a great one to finish off on Uh, I'll let that fester in your minds for now and uh, hopefully that will inspire you to get those planning on the go yeah cool enough for me 
stay safe. Um, hopefully, things are looking up now. I think vaccinations are coming. Travel is going to be less restricted in the next coming months. Definitely towards the end of the year. So I'm really looking forward to planning my next trip, and hopefully you are too. Take care. All the best, and I'll see you next time. Ciao for now. Thank you for listening to my Winging It podcast today. You can check out my website, jameshammond.org, for all the links to all the platforms for your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Google, and Spotify. There's a contact form on the homepage for you to get in contact for anything you want me to discuss to do with travelling. Don't forget to check out my Instagram page, James Hammond Travel, where I post daily about my last 10 years of travelling, travelling, and more travelling. Finally, please rate the podcast. I really appreciate it if you can rate it. Leave some comments, and I'd love to read them. Stay safe, happy listening, happy reading, and be inspired.